beautiful nerds. So the vaguely home-titled Spider-Man movie trilogy has wrapped up in the MCU's latest flick, and I have some thoughts. Just saying up front, I'm not bending over backwards trying to make this a spoiler-free review, so if you haven't seen the flick yet, I implore you to come back later. Seriously, you want to know as little about this movie as possible before you watch it. I didn't even watch the trailer until after I saw it, and I'm glad, because I felt like that even gave away too much. But that being said, let's talk about what we're talking about. So smoke some Mary Jane and drink some green goblin beer, I guess. Or just smoke something and drink something and let's talk about a little something called... But first, Prelude. In the year of our Lord 2010, a little video game came out called... Comic book writer Dan Slott was brought on to develop the story for the video game and would later use that story as inspiration for the comic series Spider-Verse. And you can tell from the title that it clearly inspired the 2018 film. And I truly believe that if that movie wasn't so well received, we wouldn't have gotten a Spider-Man movie like this. But what even happens in this movie, I hear no one asking. Everyone knows Peter is Spider-Man and it's kind of ruining his friends' lives. So he goes to Doctor Strange and asks him to do a quick spell and make everyone forget about Spidey's secret identity. But the spell goes wrong, and now people from alternate universes are popping into the MCU. Strange tries to send them all back, but after Peter finds out that they all got kind of murdered by their Spider-Man, oh. he wanted to find a way to put the world back to normal without sending these supervillains back to their doom. This movie was fun as shit. Like the other flicks in the trilogy, it still has one foot in a coming-of-age film and one foot in a superhero film. Peter is still focused on small shit instead of the bigger picture, and because of that, he's still making dumbass decisions because he's a kid. I mean, Peter basically rearranges the fabric of reality because he wants his friends to not be sad anymore about college. But I'll, you know, more on that later. Let's talk about some of the big reveals in this movie. So I did kind of predict that Charlie Cox's Daredevil was going to be introduced in this movie. I predicted other stuff that doesn't come to fruition, but, you know, we're not going to... Who, who remembers that? I predicted this because I thought it was going to be a movie focused on clearing Peter's name of murder. But after all this alternate universe shit started leaking, I was like... Ain't nobody got time for that. But much to my surprise, fucking Matt Murdock is giving little Petey Parker some legal advice. I seriously couldn't even hear what was happening in the scene because my inner child was screaming too fucking loud. Of course, it's little more than a cameo, but I straight up gasped for three full minutes when he showed up. Nothing else may come of this, but considering everything going on in Hawkeye, I gotta hope there's some more content featuring the man without fear on the horizon. But yeah, Peter's whole being charged with murder thing seems like it's kind of hand-waved away. The second big reveal that everyone seemed to already know about was that Toby and Andrew are back to reprise their roles as Peter Parker from their respective Spider-Man movies. So when Doctor Strange fucked up the spell that brought in a bunch of supervillains who hate Spider-Man, he also brought in a couple of other Peters from different dimensions. It's a shame he didn't bring in anyone who actually likes the motherfucker, but whatever. Also, I'm still holding out for a Joe Pesci as Uncle Ben cameo. Something's different. I'll figure it out. Stop lecturing me, please. What the fuck is your problem? I was pleasantly surprised to see Toby and Andrew. I mean, I kind of knew they were going to be in the movie, but I didn't think it would be handled so well. The three Spideys had, like, incredible chemistry with each other. You could tell that they were just having so much fun filming this. All the characters have very different personalities, but there are also little things about all of them that are the same, and that was really well executed in the acting and dialogue. The MVP of the movie, though, has got to be Andrew Garfield. Again, I love Toby and Tommy in this one, but holy shit, Andrew Garfield 
Garfield was at the height of his powers in this movie. He was so funny and charismatic, and that scene after he saves MJ, it was a nice emotional beat because he redeemed himself after not being able to save Gwen Stacy. There was a great moment in the comics years after Gwen Stacy's death when Peter has to save a woman who's falling off a building in a similar way that Gwen did. And in Peter's inner monologue, he mentions that he's gone over Gwen's death in his head a thousand times and what he would have done differently if given the opportunity. And this scene just made me think of that moment because you can tell that Andrew's Spider-Man has thought about that moment a million times in his head as well. The script and Garfield's performance really drive home how traumatic Gwen's death was to him. But the whole performance itself felt like a redemption because, I mean... His movie sucks so bad, but clearly that had nothing to do with him. Or Jamie Foxx for that matter. He was really good in this too. Lizard and Sandman were kind of just there, but it was cool to see them in the movie. The fight scenes were incredible in this one too. The fight between Strange and Spidey was super creative, and all the action sequences in the third act got pretty visceral as the stakes got a little more serious. Especially the one between Tom Holland and Green Goblin. Like in Hawkeye, Kate went toe-to-toe with Kingpin, and she didn't seem like she was hurt at all. But it really felt like Peter was fucked up after that fight with Goblin. Like, he even mentioned that his ribs were broken. The last big spoiler is probably the death of Aunt May. It was really, really well done. I know that there's some controversy around it, but I personally thought it was a good choice. It was unexpected, but it didn't feel out of nowhere, if that makes any sense. Like, narratively, it made sense for the progression of the story. I did find it kind of funny when Toby and Andrew were like, with great power comes great responsibility. That's what Uncle Ben said before he died. Because I was looking at Andrew like... No, he didn't. He said some other long-winded shit. He never said that. He believed that that if you could do good things for other people, you had a moral obligation to do those things. That's what's at stake here. Not choice. Responsibility. All jokes aside, I did like this moment. Because it's clearly a turning point in Pete's life where he's going to have to face his problems head on instead of childishly avoiding them. The problem is you trying to live two different lives. The longer you do it, the more dangerous it becomes. It did seem like this trilogy put a cap on adolescence, Spidey. I feel like this is going to be the last time we see Peter acting like a dumbass little kid. This is the movie that turns him into a man, where he literally has to strike out on his own. Now that everyone's forgotten who he is and his family's dead, he's kind of got to start scratch. Looks like he even has to get his GED. Maybe he ends up going to Empire State University in the new movie? I don't know. I dig how he's stripped down to the suit with no tech or anything. It's kind of where he started without the gadgets, but you can see how his costume has inspiration from like the one that Tony Stark made for him and the aesthetic of Toby and Andrew's Spider-Man costumes. It was also probably necessary to strip him down just to separate him from the incoming Ironheart when her series arrives. Though Captain Marvel and Nick Fury probably still remember who he is since they weren't on Earth when the spell was cast. This movie was pretty incredible and definitely the most ambitious Marvel movie yet. But it is pretty heavily reliant on fan service and I feel like that distracts from the problems in the story. When I was watching the movie I started to notice that some aspects of the story are kind of fucking dumb. So Strange mentions that people who knew Peter Parker as Spider-Man were brought into this dimension, but Jamie Foxx never knew Spider-Man's identity. He was all, I thought you were black, which I thought, I thought that was pretty funny. But why the fuck is he here? And why is Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock here? If anyone should be here, it's Topher Grace, cause he actually knows Spider-Man's identity and he died fighting Spider-Man, like the rest of them. Though I do get why they didn't invite James Franco back. Uh-uh, go to jail. Anyway, the plan to change the villain's normal, that, there, it seems like there's some logic holes in there. I mean, change these guys back to normal people and then send them back to their universe, what happens to them? Because they all explain that they came here the moment before they died. Are they just going back to the moment before they died, but just without powers? 
How's that helpful? Or are they from a different timeline? Because clearly the two Peters killed all those villains and kept on Spider-Manning. When, when they go back, does it change the course of history for their universe? It's a simple enough story until you add the trying to make the bad guys not bad guys anymore before you send them back to their universe thing. Then it gets really muddy. Also, this whole movie is Peter's fault. He really is learning from Tony Stark in all the wrong ways. He basically rearranged reality because his friends were sad. I kind of get him being dumb enough to ask Doctor Strange to do it. But why didn't Strange have any follow-up questions before he changes the entire universe hitherto undreamt of? Did you seriously just say hitherto undreamt of? They put a lampshade on it, having Doctor Strange be like, you didn't think to pick up the phone before you asked me to wipe the memory of everyone in the world? But let me answer that question with another question. Steven. You are a grown-ass man. You didn't think to sit this distraught teenager down and have a conversation before you potentially wreck the whole universe? Seriously, never have kids, Doc. Also, as much as I love the ending, you guys know I'm not a big fan of the third act smoke and fire fight. But instead of smoke and fire, it's lightning and sand. It's just so dark and hard to see what's going on at times. Not having seen the trailer, I could have told you that this was going to be the way that the ending was going to look because for whatever reason, comic book movies do this all the time. In the final fight, they make things really dark and they add a bunch of smoke and fire and debris and shit and my popo eyes can't always see what's happening. I don't mind a big third act CGI fight. Big CGI fight coming up. I just, I like lights. I just, I want to see what's going on. That being said, none of that ruins the third act because all the emotional beats land. And the interaction between the three Peters is the best part of it all anyway. Plus, we just got that goblin fight, which was... <laughs> Despite the nitpicks, I did love this movie. Oh yeah, my ranking, I loved it. But I still don't think it's my favorite Spider-Man movie. So I guess it's time to do what any respected YouTuber would do. I'm gonna make a list of all my favorite Spidey flicks. That's a question. That's a question. Number nine, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Not much good about this one other than the costume. The story is convoluted, dumb, and long. Though I do love the crime-fighting montage and this moment. Uh, what's, what's your name again? How could you forget me? Oh, I do, I know it, I know it, don't tell me. It's Max. It's a Max? Gwen's death was shot well, but everything leading up to it made you feel more sad about the fate of the franchise than the fate of Gwen Stacy. Number eight, Amazing Spider-Man 1. Slightly better story and performance with a worse costume and a not great Peter Parker. This Peter was kind of a dick, but we do get pretty cool performances from Garfield and Emma Stone. On the whole, though, it's, it's just not a good movie. Number seven, Spider-Man 3. I do have to agree with people like the guy from the Cosmonaut Variety Hour and say that it's not that different from the first two. Yeah, this shit is goofy as hell, but the rest of it is pretty standard Raimi Spider-Man insanity. Number six, Spider-Man. The movie that started it all. I've never been a huge fan of Toby as Spidey, but I mean, he's always been a great Peter Parker. And this movie really lays the groundwork for superhero origin films that would continue to be replicated forever and ever. Amen. Number five, Far From Home. This was one of the first Marvel movies where you would have been rewarded for knowing less about the comics. From minute one, you can tell that Mysterio is the villain because he's always been a villain. Even with that reveal spoiled for me, the movie was still a blast. And that post credit scene was pretty, like, can we... Do we know what's happening with all that yet? Number four, Spider-Man 2. One of the greatest of all time. Like every Raimi movie, there's some um, pretty dumb shit. But it's nothing compared to how bad the Amazing Spider-Man movies are. Or the many, many, many 
comic book movies that came out in the early 2000s that just really missed the mark. Number three, No Way Home. I heard somewhere, and this might just be like internet consensus, but I heard somewhere that Toby is a great Peter, Andrew is a great Spider-Man, and Tom Holland is great at both, which I feel like is a pretty accurate description. But they all did a fantastic job as Peter and Spidey in this one. I feel like in those movies, the dialogue just wasn't as fun as it was in this one. It's pretty hard to include the total tonnage of everything that is so cool about Spider-Man in one two-hour movie. But the character development in this one was really well done and showed you that in no matter what universe, Peter Parker is a cool character and one of the best fictional characters ever created. Number two, Homecoming. Call me simple, but I love this movie and how grounded it is. Not only do we get one of the best villains in superhero movie history in The Vulture, but we also get a fun, full introduction to our new Spidey and all the differences between him and the Spider-Man that we know. Stuff like the suit and MJ were like jarring at first, but before they even introduced all this alternate universe stuff, I was very aware that, you know what, this is just a different adaptation of Spidey and all the things that are important about his character are still there. Number one, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. You guys probably saw this coming because you have probably watched me talk about how much I love this movie. I'm not going to talk about this movie that much because, uh, again, the video, but I will say that the story for this one was a little cleaner than No Way Home. Rather than Pete be the one who makes a selfish decision that almost destroys reality, it's Kingpin. He has a sympathetic reason for doing it, but he's a bad guy, so you see why he would choose selfishness over the greater good. It's a little harder to swallow when two Avengers are making a shitty ass decision. So yeah, even though I love Far From Home, or is it, that's right, it's called, <laughs> these names are all confusing. Anyway, as much as I enjoyed Spider-Man, Home Alone, Electric Boogaloo, Spider-Verse is still my number one. Tommy has another Spider-Man movie in his contract, so we'll definitely get one more before he hangs up the suit. But here's hoping they pull back on the throttle and make it a smaller movie with a more grounded story. But yeah, there's like no chance of that happening. They're gonna throw like a billion dollars at this next movie. All right, guys, thanks for watching my dumb videos. 2022 is gonna be fucking crazy. So much stuff has come out and is coming out. I can barely keep up. But we'll be talking about Boba Fett and Hawkeye and Matrix and all that other nerd shit very soon. Just had to take a little holiday break. But I do want you to know that I appreciate every single one of you subscribers. And I hope you don't get sick of me next year. So stay safe, my little true believers. And may the force be with you.